0: Good morning. I am so happy to see every single one of your 438 faces. Like, so exciting. This is my 25th event with NRP. And this is the biggest NRP event that NRP has ever had. So good job, ladies. It was so exciting. And it's so cool to be on this side of things and like see all your faces. So good morning. And thank you, mom. Thank you very much. That's my mom. Um, I want to start out by telling you guys a story. When I was 19 years old, we changed churches. And our church was about 30 minutes away. And my job was to drive my sister to youth every single youth night. And I'm a very practical person. So it made no sense to me to drop her off, go home, and come back and pick her up. So I stayed, and I told the youth leaders, who I had kind of known off and on through the years, but I said, hey, I'm here, put me to work. To which every single person who has worked with youth in the room says, yes, amen, thank you, Jesus. (sighs) And so they put me to work, and because I was there, and I'm pretty sure that I'm standing here today talking about serving because of that Holy Spirit setup which that's what it was, a Holy Spirit set up. And I'll tell you the rest of the story in a little bit. Um, But I'm going to pray real quick before I dive in any deeper. So, Lord, I just thank you for this morning, God. I thank you for every single one of these ladies. Lord, I thank you for what you have done in us, Lord. And I thank you that you are not done yet. God, you are the God of more and abundance, Lord. And I thank you for what you have. And so just pray that you would just continue to flow this morning. Amen. So, You guys know the love languages, right? There's five love languages. Most of us have, you know, a primary one or two that we give love and receive love that way. So how many of you would say that acts of service is your primary love language? Raise your hand. Okay, a decent amount. It is not mine at all, like at all. It doesn't register. But if you want to come clean the blinds at my house, I will receive your love that way. Okay, I live in Orlando, it's beautiful. Come visit me and I will receive love. But it is not my primary love language at all, and yet I love to serve. I really, really love to serve. And it's not because I'm an amazing, selfless person, because I'm not, but it's because, to me, serving is kingdom work. And no matter what it looks like, that's what it is, and that's fun, and that's exciting. When we serve, we get to build God's kingdom. We get to reflect his love. We get to bring him glory. Serving isn't about me, and I'm so thankful for that because without Christ, I'm a mess. I mean, you should like climb in my head for a couple minutes and see all that goes in here. There's a lot of Excel spreadsheets and tabs open. It's a little scary in there, (laughs) but it's not about me, but Christ in me because he loved me and he gave his life for me. And so because of that, I am fully equipped and called to serve in his kingdom. Because of that, you are fully equipped and called to serve in his kingdom. I love Philippians too. like that whole passage is fabulous, but we're going to read verses 3 through 8, and this is Paul speaking to the church. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. You see, Christ set that ultimate example to us of serving and sacrifice. He is the Son of God. He is all powerful. At the name of Jesus, the demons quake. He could have come with thunder and with lightning, and I love that that's how he's coming back. But that's not how he came the first time, he came as a baby. He came lowly and quietly, and he lived this exa- life of an example to us, an example of service and humility and sacrifice. Mark 10, 43 through 45 is Jesus speaking, and he says, Whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave to all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He came for that. And this whole um, serving others and putting others before us was important because in Mark 10, he was basically repeating what he had told the disciples in Mark 35, where he said, if anyone wants to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. So Jesus, he showed us how to serve. And when I was thinking of, okay, like what are some like tangible ways that he did that besides the cross? That's like the huge one. Um, And to me, like he washed the disciples' feet. Now I hate feet. Like I despise them. They're disgusting, but not all feet. See, I'm complicated like that. Baby feet are okay. My nine-year-old's feet, when they're clean, they're okay. But my 14-year-old's feet aren't. So somewhere between nine and 14, it crosses over too disgusting like don't touch me with your toes i like fiz- uh, like i'm i'm struggling right now like i'm like shuddering on the inside but jesus Before pedicures, before toenail clippers, Jesus, John 13, 14 through 15, he said, If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do just as I have done to you. Jesus bent down into the lowliest of positions, and he washed the disciples' dirty, gross, calloused feet he was our example of how to serve, but we live in this fabulous self-focused world. It's all about me and what I can get, what I can gain. I'll give, but only if I get something in return. And yet, Christ has called us to something more. He's called us to something bigger. It's bigger than ourselves, it's bigger than this world, it's a kingdom-size big. So let's look back at that Philippians, just the first two verses, three through four. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So this mandate here is counter to our culture, right? We're called as the church to be that city on a hill that can't be hidden, to bring light into the darkness. Light and darkness stands out. Therefore, if we're doing that, we have to be counter to the culture. So do nothing from selfish ambition. So we do it whether there's something to gain or not. Do nothing out of conceit. He gave us giftings and talents, yes, but they are not for us or because of us. They are from him, for him, but in humility. Talk about counter to our culture. Talk about counter to our, just our flesh. But in humility, count others more significant than yourself. Every person has worth and value. Every person was created uniquely and deserves to be seen, which means we can't solely be focused on ourselves. Look not only to your own interest not only. Like we have legitimate needs. Angela has a legitimate need to be fed on a regular basis. And if Angela is not fed on a regular basis, nobody likes Angela. (laughs) It's important to have a good handle on yourself, guys. But we shouldn't be only focused on ourselves. So Um, and then it ends with, but to the interests of others. So we see others. We do for others. When we see something, we do something. Something as simple as there's trash on the ground, we pick it up. Or we know someone who lost a loved one and we take him a meal. We can't fix everything, but we can do something. So those are our marching orders, the Philippians 2 there. But how do we do this? Well, God has equipped us. He's given us gifts. He's given us talents. And he gives us these gifts not so that we can just bury them and not use them like the parable of the talents in Matthew 25. He gives us these giftings so that we can sow them into others, to bless them, to show them the love of Christ, to build the kingdom. First Peter 4:10 through11 says, "As each of you has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards as the manifold grace of God." Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So I love it. He doesn't. He gives us gifts for the employment of serving others, yes. But we don't have to do it in our own strength, which I love. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies. So we get to lean on him. We get to rely on him. We get to trust that he's going to work in and through us. And he does it with us. There is kingdom stuff to do, and it's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's work. Bathrooms have to be clean. Diapers have to be changed. They don't change themselves crazy. Um, we do have to die to ourselves. We can't be self-focused, but there's so much more to gain when we sacrifice for his kingdom. Whether I'm serving my family or my local church, my friends, believers or non-believers, and no matter what that looks like, because we all have different giftings and talents, it's a lot of fun to be part of serving in the kingdom, to be part of something that's bigger than ourselves. So we serve because Christ set that ultimate example, and he called us to serve. But we also serve because you are needed. First Corinthians 12 tells us that we all have a part to play in the body of Christ, right? We all have a part to play, just like our physical body is all created on purpose. Even our appendix, which I have a theory about it, Like, they don't really know why you have an appendix. You can take it out. No big deal. I feel like God gave us an appendix because he was like, I'm going to give them something that they're not going to know what to do with. I'm just going to do it to confuse them because they can and it's fun. But we need all parts of our body. If I didn't have my big toe, my balance would be off. I would have to compensate. In the same way, you are just as needed you the uh, body of Christ can't function without the specific part that you were designed to be. So you're in the body of Christ, you're in your local church on purpose for a purpose. So we serve because you are needed. And we we serve because in the process we get to build life-giving relationships. Nothing builds relationships like serving shoulder to shoulder with someone. My closest friendships were formed because I was at youth and said, what do you need? And those youth leaders, two of them, we have become friends and we're going on almost 20 years, which is crazy, and we're besties because we were serving shoulder to shoulder on Wednesday nights in youth. I've developed some of the best friendships because of NRP. And getting to serve shoulder to shoulder with some of you guys at these conferences. And honestly, it is the most amazing and the most frustrating thing ever. Because no matter how hard I pray, the Lord won't let any of us live together. And no matter how good of a pitch I make for Orlando, nobody will move beside me. But besides that, they are the best of relationships. And these relationships developed because I was serving shoulder to shoulder with these women and not necessarily just just doing church stuff, but because we were living life together, serving and caring for one another. We serve because even though we pour out, we receive. Kingdom work is fun and it's life-giving and it's the only thing where we can pour out and pour out and pour out and yet we walk away more full I love math. Math makes sense. Two plus two always equals four. It's a constant, it's fabulous. English on the other hand, I don't get it. I don't get it at all because there are rules. I like rules. But I before E except after C is wrong more times than it's right. How is that a rule? Like how am I supposed to spell when like the rules are wrong? doesn't make sense. Math makes sense, and yet God's math, it doesn't make sense. He is the exponential God. In his economy, two plus two equals more than four. Four minus two equals twelve. He is the God of exceedingly abundantly more than we could ask or imagine. Ephesians, I love Ephesians 3.20. He is the God of exceedingly abundantly more than we could ask or imagine. And I can imagine a lot. And it's fun to work with the Lord and see him move. It's exciting to pour out and yet walk away so full. Why? Because it's kingdom work. Ephesians 3.23, um, Marion quoted it earlier. And whatever you do, work as if you are working for the Lord and not for man. That means whatever I do, if I'm doing it for the Lord, then it's kingdom stuff. My husband and I were um, leased a house and we decided not to buy it. And so we had to pay a penalty to get out of the lease. And then our landlord got a little weird with us and we weren't super happy with her. And so I'm scrubbing the bathtub as we're moving out. And I'm literally with gritted teeth going, Jesus, I am scrubbing this bathtub for you. I'm not scrubbing it for Joyce. I am scrubbing it for you because that was kingdom work. Because no matter what that serving looks like, if I'm serving my husband or my children, my family, my community, my church, it all should be building his kingdom. It all should be reflecting his love. It all should be bringing him glory. So I'm going to pause for a second and talk specifically to the mamas of littles. If you have littles, you are in the best season ever. It is fun and it's exhausting. It's exhausting. It's life-giving, and it's confusing, because what worked yesterday doesn't work today, and what worked for one child doesn't work for the other child. I want to tell you, though, the sleepless nights will end. All of their teeth will come in. They will learn to wipe themselves. I promise. I promise. (laughs) but everything you're doing right now every meal you're preparing every spill you're cleaning up every diaper that you're changing you are pouring out your worship and your love for your king he sees every single boo boo that you kiss and every single tear that you wipe and there is no more precious calling and no more important place for you to be than with those little's and so when if you're in that season and yet you have this dream in your heart And you can't seem to figure out how to do it. I want to tell you that the Lord put that dream there. And so he will bring it to fruition. He's either going to grow and cultivate it until the right season. And scripture tells us that he's never early, nor is he late. Experience tells me that he moves really, really slow sometimes. But his timing is perfect. And he's never early and he's never late. And that season will come or he's gonna creatively show you how he's expanding your capacity to do it in the here and now. So this season is not less than or, or not as much because there's not much time to fit stuff in between the diaper changes and raising these future earth shakers that the Lord has given you. But you are capable of everything he has called you to and your kids are capable of coming alongside you. And not every family will look the same. We all have different dynamics. For our family, my husband and I were um, serving on the worship team before we even got married. So we got married, we have kids and we just bring them along with us. So my children don't know what it's like to just show up at church at 10 a.m. They've just been coming to early morning worship practice their whole life. They don't know any different, and that's what we do. It's just what our family do does and your children will learn and grow in this as you bring them with you and you serve in this season instead of waiting till they're older and they get more simple. My kids, they're so fun. I love them. I miss them. I I want them when I travel to, like, be in the hotel room next to me, and I can just, like, pop over and give them hugs and pop back. (laughs) But they are 14, 11, and 9 now. My oldest had his last day of middle school yesterday, so he's now officially a high schooler, which is just crazy, (sighs) but they're amazing. Guess what? They sleep through the night. They wipe themselves. (laughs) They wear deodorant without me telling them. They fold laundry. They fix breakfast and lunch. They do chores. They keep my house looking surface clean. They're amazing. And even still, the days are not any more simple, (laughs) but serving in our church. Whether that's inside the four walls or outside the four walls, it's just what our family does, and our kids don't know any different. And if you bring them with you, then they won't know any different. So don't wait for simple. It hasn't come yet. I'm 14 years in. It hasn't come yet. God is a creative God. And so for the Mamas of Littles in this season, he can help show you where you can serve others in the midst of all the diaper changes. And he's a loving father, and he'll show you when it's time to rest and receive that love from others serving you. So let me talk to the mamas of older kids and the not-yet-mamas. These mamas of littles, they need you. They need you to see them, and they need you to serve them. For the seasoned moms, they need you to remember what it was like when you had littles, what you wish someone would just see and do for you. When mine were little, I had a friend, um, Amy, who insisted on coming over to my house and staying with my kids while I went and ran errands. She saw all I was juggling, but more than that, she saw me. And she saw that being able to productively check a bunch of things off of my to-do list would give me so much life. Is there anyone out there who, like, writes things on your to-do list just so you could cross them off? Like, I folded the laundry, so I'm going to write fold laundry so I can just cross it off, right? Yes, that's me. I told you. It's weird up there. She saw that. She saw that. So she gave me that gift, and it blessed me so much in that season. And to me, being seen is one of the greatest acts of love that a person can show. So if you are in a season where you're more available, Look around and see the things that others don't see. Ask the Lord to give you creative insight on how you could serve that person. And it doesn't have to be big. One of the most moving things a friend has ever done for me is tie my shoes. Just tie my shoes. So I had back surgery in February of 2020. And recovery was a little extra complicated. I'm not a dramatic person, but my body is kind of dramatic. And so, um, recovery was rough, and I went to youth camp at the end of June, and I was better. I was off all my medicine, but by the end of camp, I was done, and physically, I was done. My right leg was swollen. I had a lot of nerve pain, and I was really uncomfortable, and all the staff were staying in one big house together, so I came downstairs, and I sat down, and I put my socks on, put my shoes on, and then just sat up, and I just had to breathe. I was out of breath, and I was just... Waiting for my body to be able to bend over and tie my shoes. And Cody Rodriguez was sitting over there. And he goes, do you want me to tie your shoes? I almost cried. Poor guy. (laughs) It was the sweetest thing. And it served me and blessed me so much. And it doesn't take much. So back to our points. We serve because you are needed. We serve. And in the process, we build life-giving relationships. We serve because even though we pour out we receive. And lastly, we serve. And in doing that, we grow and discover our giftings and our purpose. You can't serve the needs of others without growing. We are naturally self-focused and it takes the inner working of the Holy Spirit to help grow and mature us. And in that process, we get to discover what gives us lives, what our passions are, and what giftings the Lord has put in us. You know, we don't serve to get a title. We shouldn't. That's not our heart. But often in serving, God begins to develop in us what he has created us to do. So I was at youth. I was 19 years old, and I asked to be put to work. I started doing the transparency machine. That's how old I am, guys. And then we got a computer in the booth, and they said, hey, can you figure out PowerPoint for worship? Sure. So I started doing that. Then they said, hey, let's do this on Sunday mornings. I said, sure. So I hung out in the booth every Sunday morning running graphics. And then they said, hey, why don't you sing on the worship team? And I said, no. And six months later of asking, I finally said, fine. And I served on the worship team. I didn't know in that season what my passion or my giftings or my purpose was, but I showed up and I just did whatever. And in that Process, I discovered that I have a passion for worship and worship is part of my purpose. And today, that has me in a season of leading worship at my church. I showed up and I did whatever and discovered that I had a passion for my local church. And today, that has me in a season of leadership at my church. I showed up, I did whatever, and I just discovered that I had a passion for kingdom building. And today, huh, it makes me cry. I'm in, a, I'm in a season of serving NRP and getting to glean from some of the most incredible men and women. And I am literally standing here today healthy and whole because of NRP. And I don't know what tomorrow holds. I won't be a le- worship leader forever. I won't be a leader in my church forever. I want to work for NRP forever. That, that one I'll keep <laughs> forever. But I really don't want to be defined by a title or position because that's not What it's about. I want to be defined as a Christ follower who followed his example, his example of serving. You see, we do reap a great reward when we serve others. We are stretched and we are blessed by serving, but the heart behind serving isn't because of what we get. We serve because he served us through his ultimate sacrifice. Paying the penalty for our sins on the cross. We serve because he first loved us. And that causes us to love others. Serving others is the tangible evidence of that God love in us for them. So I have three challenges for you guys. One, don't compare yourselves to others. Your serving won't look like Sally's because you aren't Sally. You... You don't have her giftings. If you compare yourselves to others, you will find yourself paralyzed, not being able to do anything because you don't have their giftings and you can't do what they do. You can only do what God created you to do. Two, ask the Lord to help you see others as he sees them. When we're able to see others as he sees them, it helps us to open up to love them beyond what we can in the natural and then lastly, the third one is ask the Lord to see what opportunities he has created just for you and the creative ways he wants you to fill them. So we are all needed in the body of Christ. We are really needed in this world to bring light in the darkness, and that will look differently in different seasons. So be intentional in the season that you're in now. John 13, 35 says that the world will know that we are Christ's disciples by our love for one another. And that love is tangibly displayed as we serve others. So let me pray. Lord, I thank you for how you served us and sacrificed for us, Lord, in that example. God, I pray that you would just fill our hearts with an overwhelming just love for your people, Lord. That that would just bubble up and spill out as we show them your love for them as we serve them. Amen.